If you are an estate agent, letting agent, or someone who's interested in the property market, then this show, the UK Property Market Stats Show, is for you. Today, I'm joined by the awesome, big in the game, Brian Mansell, who is boss man of Gazeal, who is a firm that helps estate agents get sales through quicker, and more importantly, actually ensures that they do go through a lot more often than falling through. Thanks for joining me today, Brian. You are very welcome, sir. Good stuff. Right. Uh, for those of you that have been living in a cave, not been watching this show, this is a show which goes through the stats which really do matter in the UK property market. The vast majority of stats out there, uh, Halifax price index, uh, nationwide house price index and the land registry deal with the stats which are further down the chain. You know, when the Halifax are doing their house price index, they're basing on mortgage applications, which is probably um, applications and, and offers, which is much further down the line in terms of the process because the funnel starts at the top and finishes at the end. We're looking at the top end of the funnel. What's coming on the market? Why is that important? Because if there's less houses coming on the market, that means supply goes down and prices tend to go up. If we have a, a load of listings coming on the market, which means we have oversupply, then house prices tend to go down. Then we look at whether estate agents are reducing their house prices or not, because again, that shows that estate agents are working their stock. We then move on and talk about what's actually selling. And then once they've sold, what's falling through? And if we, by looking at these numbers, in a nutshell, boys and girls watching this, you can find out what's gonna be happening in the property market, three, six, sometimes even nine months ahead of some of the other indexes that we've mentioned earlier on. Brian, thanks for coming back. Uh, we are dealing with week 14. I think this is your third show. Yeah, I mean, you know how much I love the stats and, and just what you've just said there to your viewers. Um, everything's all about listings. The whole housing market is based on listings. The mortgage market, the conveyancy market, none of it works as well if you don't have property listings. So the you know, the barometer to check the health of the market is always starts with a listed property and and what happens to that listing, the dynamics of a listing uh, and how that listing performs in a market will lead to the rest of the market being healthy or not so healthy. So it's an important thing to look at. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Shall we, shall we dive in? Now we're dealing with week fourteen, and yeah. we in the on the UK stat show we always go Monday to Sunday. So this is Sunday. This is week 14 and, and Sunday, the 9th of April, which was only a couple of days ago. This comes out uh, the Friday afterwards, once we've crunched the numbers. Right then, so let's dive in straight away, mate, because you know it yep. is all about the stats show. And we're kicking off today with the new instructions. And we are presently sitting on 32,148. Right. Okay, let's just have a quick look at how that compares to um, properties coming on the market. So last week it was 34,500. In fact, the week the, for the previous three or four weeks, the average was. Um, 34,155. So we're down about 10%, 8 or 9% on that one compared to the last few weeks. That's, that's Easter, right? You've got a bit of Easter in there, which would probably have a bit of a dampening effect, especially if the, I've always found that if you get a, a really crappy weather Easter, you get a decent level of listings. If you get really nice weather, you get rubbish. <laughs> um, and we've had, happened to have a decent, decent weekend, haven't we? And again, most schools tend to be off the week before Easter and the week after. So we're in the second week at the moment. 
So again, that's unlike other school half terms, which again are staggered throughout the country. And obviously we know we've got the summer, but again, that can be staggered. That's a lot of staggered, but this doesn't tend to be. So it does affect the property market. We are going to talk about the power of Easter on the property market, looking at other stats. Moving on. Uh, the... Sorry, Chris, just out of interest. Am I right in saying that the Easter weekend this year is much earlier than it was last year? Okay, so if we're looking if we're looking at Easter's, um, the the Easter weekend last week was week the last year was week sixteen, the Easter right. week in twenty one was week fourteen. Okay, uh, yeah, it, it it does change. In nineteen, it was sixteen week sixteen and seventeen, and you know we are going to be looking at the effect of Easter because we are going to be coming on to the sales at the moment, and again, headlines, boys and girls, the number of sales is expectedly lower but we'll come on to that now the average price brian of a property that's come onto the market is 428 last week it was 420 the week before 424 and the week before that 427 so there seems to be a an even plane here and again just just jump in whenever you want to say anything yeah well look i mean i think this is a rhetoric we've had before in terms of you know when you're out it's a long a long known um almost a state agency institution is that you know you value high to get it on and then you look to work the price down particularly in this market where you know you're being invited out probably to more more opportunities than you were a year ago or the, the last three years really so the incentive for agents in the absence of any decent usp it normally means that they use the price as a way of uh, standing out um it will be interesting to see and i've not seen it i suspect that what we would probably see is um, price reductions are higher than they have been for a while but that normally shows that we're listing high and then we're trying to get the price down as quickly as we can to get the thing sold. But this is something that's got to be, people have got to be very careful about this, you know, because all we end up doing is prolonging how long it takes to sell something, which makes it more riskier to have on your books. And again, I think where, again, there are, I don't know if you're aware, boys and girls, but there are some estate agents out there who pay their valuers and listers, the person that comes out to your property, not when they've done their job, which is exchange of contracts, but when they actually list the property. So it's in there being incentivized to get your house on the market. So they're not going to be, how can we say, and again, I'm not just, this is just my opinion is this, but if they're giving you a price band, which one do you think they're going to more likely go towards the upper end or the lower end? But again, that can affect the saleability of your property. Cumulative listings year to date. Okay, so again, it's all very good looking at weeks in isolation, but I think it's also good to actually see if right. Let's see from the first of Jan. Well, it's looking quite nice, isn't it? Nothing, nothing really to write home about that. Why? What thoughts on this one? Well, just that if you look at, um, you know, fourteen week fourteen, four hundred and forty thousand listings. So. Thinking about um, you've had essentially three and a bit months. So you're talking about 100, 105, 106,000 um, listings a month. So when you then annualize that, you're talking about 1.3, 1.4 million. Yeah. Then you then take into account what actually sells and then what exchanges, which is a depletion of that number. Are we going to be on track for you know a million transactions, which we seem to, you know, kind of base the health of the economy on if the housing market ticks over a million in the in england two hundred thousand in ireland and scotland then you've got your 1.2 million transactions a year which is sort of a healthy balanced market um i just wonder if we're on the slightly on the uh on track for that depending on sales the listing well, number higher which is really positive because of course if you've got the numbers that you're uh you know on your books 
then you're going to, you know, you're going to obviously sell. You can't sell what you don't have. But it's going to be interesting to see in the coming weeks and months, the activity, as I talked about, I think the first time I did this show, it's it's almost we've got to focus really hard on what we do with that listing in its first three to four weeks that will actually end up giving you a good year or a bad year. We're going to answer the question because it's, listings is important, but gross sales and net sales, which is the, the bit that's going to go through, we're going to show you what that looks like. So, well, nice one, Brian. Great insight. Let's move on and look at where we are listings-wise. Now, we've said before, we've, we are only comparing ourselves against 17, 18, and 19. The reason being is 20 was the COVID year, so the numbers just, just fall off the set. It was just a silly year, daft year. Um, and 21 and 22 were truly exceptional years. And again, boys and girls in the state agency land, if you're comparing yourself against next year, last year, or the year before, you, you're just going to beat yourself up needlessly. You know, they were exceptional years. You'll yeah. notice that you'll notice that the drop, the pink line is this year, the drop. Now, again, let's have a look. 2018, look at that dip. I wonder what that dip was, uh, Brian. And then let's look at the yellow line, yellow dot, which is 17. I wonder what that dip was. And again, look at 19. I wonder what that dip was. I think it begins with Easter eggs. Yeah. Yeah. It's cyclical, isn't it? It's always, it's, it tends to be always a drop off for Easter. You have a, you know, every year you've got a kind of a, a wave across the year yeah. of markets through the seasons, but if in a normal market, a balanced market, as you say, not with the COVID years, um, and you get a dip at Christmas and you get a dip at Easter, you get a dip at bank holidays when people you, get you, together on holidays and go off and do things. I mean, look at the, look at the dip here. This is the this is your Christmas dip. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is down there. That is a massive dip. But again, what you tend to find is this, and again, we will show as the weeks go by, is that that the, the Easter dip and then it compensates out the, yeah, it's the a week. delay, nothing more. It's not a, okay. not a removal yeah. of, of business, it's a delay of business. That's all it is. So so boys and girls, is that the the doomongers out there will look to this and go, whoa, end of the world. Okay, let's just let you know this could be you could be a new thing. You don't know what's happening in the property market. But let but at the same time, it, when she does bounce back, which I believe it will, but again, only the stats will say that. Don't get all heady in the fat and frothy if in two weeks' time she's up she's up here at, at big numbers, especially the sales. Let's move on and talk about price reductions. And again, it just shows that estate agents are working their stock. Now, this week, 17,000. And again, we're looking at we're looking at week 14 on all the other years. I think it's important to recognize that, and again, it looks like a few estate agents are on holiday as well because this week 17,026 week before 19.3 the week before 18.6 and 18.5 so I think there's a little bit of people on holiday uh short staff that sort of thing um again just jump in and cut across Brian whenever you want to say anything so yeah look the the obvious thing to me here is you know with all these numbers as we've said before these should give you reasons to go and look at your own figures um I've said before that if you are asking for a price reduction you're comfortable with, you're not asking for enough. There, you know, let's have a you know if a proper strategy of what does this price need to be because we've looked at the market in the first two weeks of listing, we've identified where the property needs to be to get it under offer and get these people to their objective, which you've been instructed to do, get them moved. Um, and what does that change need to be made? And if you are making this many changes now to prices early then that should be part of your strategy delivery when you're listing the property in the first place. I saw some wonderful stats that came from Savills using 20CI data. 
and they actually looked at the number of sales where a price reduction had taken place and it was astronomical the no sort of the properties that were selling with price reductions so again and again uh, whilst we're talking about price reductions why are some valuers so adverse to reducing their own stock and leaving it to young floss in the office who has no experience at that why are they well, not accountable <laughs> yeah you know me i don't tend to mix mince my words so um quite a lot of the time it's confidence estate agents are very well known for loving to give out good news and absolutely running a mile and hiding under their desk when they've got to give out bad news a fall through they've got to ask for a price reduction they've just spent an hour and a half possibly pitching full of emotion full of um positivity about what they're going to do for this client and then they don't want to again go back two weeks later and say that was all horseshit this is actually the price um we know that right it's always been the way it's the cycle that, that has to be broken at some point with a better more factual presentation when they list the challenge you've got there is that the people that you're listing and presenting to the sellers have an opinion on price and quite often that opinion you need to match if you have any chance of getting the instruction it's that classic yin and yang of you need to get it on the market and you can't sell it unless you've got it on the market. But for God's sake, if you are going to, shall we say, warm the figures up a bit, have the balls to actually then get the price down. And but again, just boys and girls, just, you know, drop the seed in, put it in the sole agency agreement. We will, we if we don't have any offers by this, by this time, then we will have a price, we'll have a, no, we call it price realignment nowadays, don't we, Brian? Or, oh, we always called it an adjustment and I always stand with that because that's what it is. It's an adjustment in the in the strategy of marketing. Um, the point also, Chris, on that, just, just, to, just to finish up on it, is that you mentioned about passing it over to the negotiator. Now, I'm not adverse to that, but under the certain conditions that who has the best relationship with that client? Who has the, the best working relationship? So if it is that your negotiator has done a number of viewings, struck up a bit of a bond, has had lots of communication with the seller, and there's a bit of trust formed there, then that is the right person to have the conversation as long as they're trained to do it. Um, however, that- Trained, trained. <laughs> I only know five, uh, seven, 10 trainers in the UK. <laughs> work for independent estate agents Coach, I mean, maybe but you know the point the point being is that get the best person with the relationship to have that conversation and sometimes that's not actually the valuer i mean interestingly i have been talking to a number of trainers and they have actually said that the the inquiries coming from people from estate agency bosses has gone through the roof because yeah. they realize they have people in the their estate agency who probably have been only used to the last four or five years market and they oh, have, absolutely know, absolutely I, right they're not prepared um, for the market they're currently in. Okay, so let's move on. So the average price of a property that's being reduced is three nine five, and again, this is all over the place. It's only, as I said, only been seventeen thousand, but but again, last week the average price of the nineteen thousand houses reduced was five hundred and twelve thousand. This week, three nine five. I mean, that's all over the place. But again, it's going to be all over the place. It's all over the place because it will be reflective of the demand that's coming in from buyers and the price ranges that they're in. And we've, again, you know, if you overlaid, you know, asking prices with buyers search prices to see where you've got matches, that's where you focus on. Because obviously your objective here is to adjust a price to, to achieve a sale. So there's no point in adjusting a price if you if you know you've got no buyers when you've got properties that you're not adjusting, well, you know you do have buyers. Let's get them down into the ranges where you can uh, increase the activity. That's the whole purpose. And go again. Right. Good stuff, Brian. Let's move on and talk about sales. So these are the number of sales that took place 
up until Sunday, the 9th of April, remembering that we had Good Friday and we had East uh, as well. And I'm not sure many estate agents would have actually opened on the Sunday itself. And still we sold 20,548 properties. But again, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be a bit all over the show here because Easter does fall at different times of the year. Um, interestingly, that 2020 figure was, was still in this week in lockdown. There were still 5,000 houses. It's so, hideous, though, isn't it? Hideous. Um, the average price of a property sold this week was 363,000, which again is within a, a fag paper's width, 362 the week before, 361 the week before that, 358, 358. So isn't it interesting that the average price of a property being sold in the UK, so again, we'll just have a quick tally up of that one, two seconds. So um, out of the 116,000 properties that have sold in the UK in the last five weeks, the um, the, the the band, the minimum average is 358 and the maximum is 363. That is really tight. Well, yeah, but there's there's your obvious thing. If you're reducing house prices at 600 grand, it's pointless almost at the moment. I mean, not pointless, but, you know, you want to be really focused on, you know, where the buyers are. And of course, this is going to vary across the country, but of course, and this is relevant to, as you say, different, you know, three, six, five up in Bolton is, is a, is a mansion, but, <laughs> but in London, it, it, it's a what's name all, but you've got to look at, you know, as valuers talk to your necks, go and look at who's being registered and just work out where the demand is. Accumulative gross sales to date. So again, this is just total number of houses that have sold since 1st of Jan. We're at 297 at the moment. And again, very similar to 17, 18, 19. And again, 20, we have to take with a pinch of salt because things fell off the off the what's off the wagon on that one. Again, just moving quite nicely. I think this this is a particularly good graph. That's the national weekly gross sales. And again, as you can see, there's the dip. But look at the blue line of 18 when we had Easter on the same week. Yeah. So Okay. I mean, the difference is if you've got your pricing right, then, you know, you've got bounce back ability, right? If you don't have your prices right, you're not going to get a bounce back as as as, uh, as sharp as that to remove the uh, the decline. And again, uh, later in the show, as you know, Brian, but those of you that haven't have been living in a cave, we're doing the national figures here and we'll have a quick look at the regional stuff. Um, but then at the end, we will finish up on a town or a city which we're going to go deep dive and compare the individual estate agents and Brian, this week we're going to Guildford in Surrey. Oh, no, no, Guildford. I'm about to say, do you know it well? You do. Good stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right then, let's move on. So, sale fall throughs again for anyone that that doesn't know. Apologies, estate agents, for the next thirty seconds. But basically, we gross sales the number of houses that sold. So they might have sold ten houses that week last week. But during the, uh, the, the the property then goes into what's called the sales pipeline, and the sales pipeline it takes on average. Uh, 19 weeks at the moment, depending on where you are in the country, to from the, the offer being agreed and solicitors being instructed all the way through to exchange and completion when it's legally binding. Interestingly, if you do want to shorten that time, then here's a little promo for Brian, because Gazir will get that down a hell of a lot quicker and the fall through rates will be a hell of a lot less. Do you like that, Brian? A little promo there for you. Yeah, well done. What is the gross, what, what's just what were the gross sales numbers again? Can you just go back to that one for me? Gross sales, let's just pick up gross for the week or year to date. So for the um so for week 14. There you go, 20,548. Okay. 
And the number of fall throughs, which we'll go come on to, is 4,583, which is a fall through rate of 22.3%. Yeah. So we've got a fall through rate for the year to date so far on um, with our Gazelle agents of 5.4%. Wow. So, I mean, to know, give you, to give you, to give um, you, that's, that's probably, I mean, what we're, what we're looking at right now is that is definitely 100% the best in the UK, including Scotland and Ireland and Wales and England. And we're currently looking at whether it's the best in the world. Yeah. To give you an idea, boys and girls, the average sale forth rate over the last seven years is 24.28%. Okay. And interestingly, Green's got a bit funny there, Chris. What are you say? Screen share has gone a bit funny. You need to stretch the screen back out. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's okay. Um, the fall through rate in Q3, Q4 last year, we quoted it last week. I'm going off the top of my head. It was in the late 30s, knocking on the door of really not. Uh, you had you had the um, the dip because of the um, mini budget that, that came in. And we've had two budgets, which is a rarity in a, a six-month period, six, seven-month period, which is, you know, not normal. Good stuff. Right. Okay. So, um, fall throughs, you know, when a quarter of sales fall through, uh, we're going to, again, do check Brian out when this is not a promo for Brian, but Brian gives an awful lot of time for his show. So if you can't have a minute little promo, then it's a piss poor performance. So, okay. Promo over Brian. Okay. Um, let's go back to fall throughs. So the average number of sales that fall through. So in this pipeline, there could be hundred houses. And it's the number of sales that fell out of that pipeline before exchange and completion takes place. And if you think about it, one in four, sorry, one in four sales will fall through. With Brian, it's one in 20, which is fantastic. One in 25, actually, Brian. Um, but, and it just so much tight, wasted time. Now, the average number of sales that fall through per week in the last seven years is 5,299. So that's over 10,000 people every single week just ruining their lives because of sales falling through. So, Sales fall through for many reasons. Buyers take the cha change their mind. Um, the problem, and again, the longer the sale process goes on, they're more likely to fall out. So again, if you are a homeowner looking to choose an estate agent, it's really, really important to find out, A, how long do they take to actually get, the, not getting a buyer. Yeah, it's hard work. The real, where they really earn their money is between once the sale's been agreed and ask what their fall through rate is and ask for proof. Ask for proof. Uh, yeah. Ask for proof, right? Because you won't get the truth. No. Now, again, estate agents and letting agents, if you want proof, then one of the platforms you can use is the 20EA Insights platform, which where all this data comes from. We're going to be looking at that later when we look at Guildford. Do check that out. I'm not being paid to say this. As you know, I don't take any commissions or kickbacks, so please don't mention my name. But you, can have, you will be amazed what data you can do. If you're going out there and trying to prove that you're worth your value, worth your fee, and the, and the fact that they and the that they should come and use you then use actual data to back it up and 20 ea's insights platform is there for you but as i said do not mention my name because i'm not being paid i think i should be though but again i can't because that's that's the rod i've made my own back <laughs> yeah but you're a consumer champion chris so oh, uh, bless you thank you very much no it's only right i can't take kickbacks but I'm just a bit of a fanboy, and I know you are too. Let's move on and look at um, net sales. Now, again, net sales is this. So if you've had 10 houses on the market, 10 sold that week, and two have fallen through, that means your net sales is eight, 10 minus two. And again, we've 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 done 15,000. Last week, it was 19,000. The week before, it was 19,000. So again, we are talking 
um, we're talking uh, Easter. Now, interestingly, here we are. This is a now you said, where do we get with the where are we with the data in, and where are we in terms of pipelines and actually getting the commissions through and and more importantly, getting people moved. So up to the end of, you know, here we are so far, 227,800 net sales in the UK up to week 14. That's screaming. Now, again, it's going to be what you tend to find, boys and girls in a state agency, is that they're, they're, it is slightly weighted to later in the year. But that's not that's not telling me 1.2, Brian. That's telling me my gut reaction is between 1 and 1.1. Yeah, I think you're probably right on that. I mean, look, th this is what, you know, simply, you know, house economics, house sell economics, right? You know, if you are valuing high, then you are going to take longer to sell this property. Simple as that, right? That's, and that's and, and they might go to another agent and bloody well sell. Right. So if you if you are on a 12-week agreement with somebody and you're taking two months to arrange a sale and then two months to actually have a um and then you've got a sale going and then it falls through, you're gonna lose that instruction to, because you'll have a highly motivated seller who is out of contract. Good luck trying to get them to re-sign a contract when you've had a fall through because the chance of that are as, as rare as rocking horse shit. Um, but so this is all about timing. It's all about timing. If you're going to value above what you truly believe you think the house is worth, which also is an arguable point because you don't know that the market will tell you, let the market tell you. Be, you know, get it on, get the market stats, get it reported back factually, logically, and be with, have, with, have conviction and passion about how you help this seller achieve what they've instructed you to do, which is to help them actually move. And remember, if you're not getting the offers, they're blaming you as an estate agent. If you're getting low offers, you can blame the market. Well, actually, let me just, I, I'm going to counter that with this, okay? And that is that if you are not getting offers, you can blame the market to a certain degree, okay? But the moment you adjust the price, then it's on you. Because what you've done is you've listed the house saying, let's see what the market says, okay? Now you're going back and saying, the market says we should reduce adjust by this level now if that level is not enough the moment you say let's get it down to this price you're now passing the control from the market to back to you and if you then don't deliver on that then you're no wonder you are going to be questioned as to what sort of an expert do you say you are you told me you're a local property expert but you got it wrong so is so that I coming is that coming back that if you are going to do a price reduction make sure it's going to bloody work the question is is if you're going to cut it by five grand and you know it should be 20, then you're better off to wait, right? You're better off to say, right, this is my recommendation, 20 grand adjustment. No, I'm not doing that. You top, okay, we'll, we'll go again. We'll change the photos. We'll change whatever, but we'll leave the price. Or maybe we change it to offers in a region of or whatever. But then you give them feedback the next week to say it still hasn't worked. And what you're better off than by, you know, like the old saying, death by, by one cut rather than a thousand, right? Then after a period of three or four weeks of, of, uh, of sale, you make the cut you want and you get it sold. If you think about the psychology to the receiving public, the buyers, if they see a property being adjusted every week, what are they going to do? They're going to wait because they you're telling them that the market is continuing to fall. So why should I buy now unless I have to? So I'll sit and wait. And this is prolonging the issue. If, if they see a price staying and then suddenly dropping quickly, all about price drops, retail do it, they're more likely to act.
And, and again, let me add to that is this, is that uh, uh, the only reason a house is that doesn't sell is that it's poor price or poor marketing. So you kind of get, right, you say, right, we'll keep the price as it is. I'll change the photos. I'll change the wording. I'll do all the marketing. I'll make it sing. You say to the homeowner is, you know, can you, is there anything better we can do on this? Try it for two weeks. And then even then you can say, well, look, we've tried this. There's only two reasons it ain't selling. We're going to have to drop 20 grand or it ain't going to sell. I also wonder how many people are doing viewings at the moment and actually saying to people, right, what do you think it's worth? You know, do you want to, do you want to make an offer? Well, no, we're not sure. We don't, we're not really sure. Okay. Well, just give me an idea. Would you make an offer if, if it was at 225? Let's say it's on at 250. Well, no. Would you make an offer at 220? And even if they're not going to make an offer, get that feedback, you know, because then that is the feedback that you use in your strategy to get the adjustment to the level you need to get the damn thing sold. Because then it's the viewers that are saying it, not you. Exactly. This is what the market is telling us. Are you ringing buyers who are not viewing, who you've matched the property to, and saying, why aren't you viewing this house? No, you're not. This is what you do in customer research, in product market research, in every industry other than ours. We have a list of people that have said, sell me a property. And we email it to them, and we don't ring them. (laughs) It's like, what? We're just like order takers, so many estate agents, order takers. Come on, boys and girls, earn your bloody fee. Right, should we move on? Yep. Gross sales as a percentage of listings. Okay, so again, number of sales. Again, uh, any thoughts on this? Yeah, you need to screen share, probably helps. Hey, here we go, there we go. There we go. Banter <laughs> off the scale, right, Absolutely. okay. Right. Okay. So, so again, you being ex countrywide, you love these sort of these last few fl- slides because I know you country boys, countrywide boys love this. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Right. Ex countrywide, you know. No, nothing not- wrong with that. It's a compliment. I love, I love stats before I went to countrywide. And ah, there goes then. Right. So, yeah. uh, these last few stats, these la- last three slides on this section, thoughts. The devil is in the data, Chris, not the detail anymore. It's the devil is in the data, right? If you want to find it. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, th- this is pretty obvious, isn't it? Compared to everything we've said before about if you're pricing high and then you're adjusting to get it sold, you're going to have an impact on uh, on your gross sales uh, and Easter if you've got the net uh, and the drop off. So it's no real surprise. I think the important thing here is to look at, you know, over the next two weeks, what's the bounce back going to look like and to give us a comparison. But we are, as we are on a lot of other stats, looking like a bit like 2019, which is not a bad thing. And again, boys and girls, the seven-year weekly average is not the seven week for week 14. It's the whole average for the whole seven years. Okay. Fall throughs as a percentage of sales. And again, 2020, when we went into lockdown, sticks out like a sore thumb. But again, 22% of sales falling through not bad obviously not as good as the gazelle figures but again that's right if the industry and this is the cold hard facts if the industry we're all using gazelle we're all using reservation agreements on every sale yeah they would have made an additional 10 million pounds in commission based on a three and a half grand fee which is one percent of your listed price ten and a half million of additional income in the bank in not in the bank in the pipeline in that week in one week that's the difference we would have made and that's in, that's that's insane right that if you think about it that way which is how i look at this when i'm talking to our agent network that's the power of this making a small change 
to stopping something that everybody hates and everybody loses from. The upside is mutual self-interest. Your client gains and you gain. So why the hell wouldn't you do it? I mean, there are, I have to say for impartiality, there are other firms that offer reservation agreements, obviously not as awesome as you, mate. Um, why well, the only other ones that do are auctions. So, okay. Why do you think the industry hasn't adopted reservation agreements? And again, keep it short and sweet because we're not. Yeah, because they don't, they're no good at change. Interestingly, again, if you were a homeowner, ask them about, does your estate agent offer um, reservation agreements? Uh, anything you want to say on fourth round? Should we move on? Price changes as a percentage of listings. Yep, that's good. Sure, they're, working, they're working their stock, don't they? Working your stock. You know, again, it'd be interesting to see, you know, um, the 52.96% of the listings in week 14, what age were those listings when they had a, a change in the price? Because well, it's back to what I've said before, it's all about timing. The quicker you can get the adjustment, the faster you're going to be paid and the faster you're going to deliver on what you've said, moving somebody. Uh, just to give you an idea, the average since the week three has been 53.7. So that does show that estate agents have been working their stock quite well. But again, why not put it on the market on the market in the first place at a reasonable price? But I appreciate you will list it. Um, now, again, boys and girls, we're going to move over these uh, these screenshots here. All the, the, the graphs and the screenshots you can see here are available to download from the YouTube link, which is, is in the description below. If you go onto YouTube, cl uh, click on the link, the description and all that. So we're going to leave this here because they look better on the actual screen itself, Brian. And we're yeah. going to dive in to the spreadsheet of gorgeousness um, and the rule of thumb can you see the spreadsheet, Brian? Before we'll need I to zoom in because unless everyone's got binoculars, they won't be able to see that. Let's have a look. Hold on. Let's have a look. Does that work? Nope, that hasn't changed. Stop share. Let's just have a look. What about that? Nope. That? <laughs> just zoom in, mate. That's all I'm zooming in. What What can you see at the moment? Because I can. In national stats. But can you see week one to week 14 across the top? Yeah, just about. Do you want me, I tell you what I could do is this. I could go and look at, hold on, let's just go. Um, you can't. So you, you can't see much of that. Is that right? Well, I personally can't, but I'm, I'm not sure, obviously. Right, just give me a second. Just fill for a second. Fill for a second whilst I'm. He's jumping to 200% on the bottom there, look. And then just scroll it across. So on your drop down that you've got at 100% top left. No, no, let's just have a look. 200%. Um, yeah, I, I'm just uh, filling in is quite easy for me because I like to talk. There you go. That's perfect. That's much more pleasant for your viewers. Okay. So, but we don't have the um, what the what the graphs are. So I'm going to have to just. Um, hold on. There we go. I tell you what I'm going to do. Just fill while I'm going to. I'm going to go for an option two. Okay. Hold on. Yeah. Well, something that should be people should be quite pleased about was reports that have come out over the last few days um, from the likes of Rightmove and Zoopla and, and so on and so on. And whilst they can be seen both ways, generally there should be um, the, the the word that I quite like that have come out of these reports is balanced. Is a balanced market. You know, um, agents having more stock for sale. Now that's good and bad but if you've got a listing you can sell it if you don't you can't so that number is bumped of 25 as the average number of properties for sale with an estate agent in england versus 14 this time last year so that's 
good, encouraging. Um, opens up more opportunities to build chains and uh, and, and other other things you can help them with. What I also found fascinating is the number, the buyer numbers are down by 43%, but actually the sales are not down by that much. So what you can kind of look at from that is the number of people that are viewing and then not buying has dropped, which is good because it means that you're spending your time with less people, but more motivated and interested people, which actually saves you money at the end of the day and saves you time. Of course it does. Right. We've got, we're back on now and I've pulled up the screenshots. Can you see that? Yes. That better. Yeah, you might want to zoom just a little bit more, but um, because it's quite hard for most people to see. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you know it normally works quite well, actually? Yeah, but of course, as your spreadsheet is getting wider, it's going to be your screen isn't getting as wider. So, of course, your the view will be okay, boys and okay, boys and girls. I'm just go with it. Just go for it. Just go with it. Okay. So you can see green is good, red is bad, as you can see down the right hand side. Week commencing the third, which finished on Sunday the ninth. All the numbers are lower simply because of um because of Easter. Okay. Um we'll now move on to the regional stats. And as you can, and again, we're not going to spend too long on these, but again, let's always look at London because obviously people in London think the world's finishes at the M25. And, it, and it, I think what happens in London does have an effect. But again, uh, East Midlands, East of Anglia, East Anglia, again, just all slightly down. But again, if you actually drill down to the numbers, it's a similar percentage drop. It's just the East of ease off. Yeah, I, th I think personally, you know, you, this is exactly what you would expect to see because of the, 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 the Easter break. You know, you had 17 million people in the country on the roads on Good Friday. They're not viewing houses. They're not driving to viewings. They're driving to get an enjoyment over the quality weather of the bank holiday. You had two and a half, three to four, I think it's about 4 million people actually flying abroad. So you've got 20 million people, <laughs> out of, you know, a third of the country disappearing. And I'm sure the two thirds that were not on the roads or flying were not sitting around viewing houses. So it's next week, week after week after that, the next three weeks, we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, the importance. So again, boys and girls, we just showed that on the screen and you can delve down. And again, I think the magic thing is if you actually look at all of the regions, which again, you can download from the from the link, which is on the YouTube in the YouTube description and compare yourself. And, and in a nutshell, regionally, everyone's just dipped and they've dipped by the same amount. So it's not as if one area is doing something different because Easter affects the whole of the UK, not just certain areas again. Should we move on? Um, and again, let's move on and go. I just, I just Before you do, there's an important message here to the, anyone that's watching this that's an estate agent. The media is confusing your homeowners, okay? You've got the IMF coming out saying, we're soon going to, which is the International Monetary Fund, coming out saying, we're soon going to return to ultra-low interest rates, right? You've got the Bank of England saying, it's expecting to raise interest rates another two times, before it looks at any cuts because inflation is still not under control. So you've got the IMF saying, actually inflation, the, the issue with inflation is only a short-term thing and we're gonna get it under control. And you've got the Bank of England saying something else. I mean, the public are confused. Get the message of the local market clear in your presentation and your marketing, because actually what happens in the world and what happens in the whole of the country doesn't affect the street that you're potentially going to see your next seller on, what they're interested in, as long as you know that they're moving locally, is your local market. So you need to really be experts on what is happening with prices, 
stats, numbers, and 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 confidence in your local market, almost street by street, postcode sector by postcode sector, and have a fluent and energetic presentation based on that. Otherwise, the public are going to be educated by people who don't know what's going on in your local market. Not saying better than that, mate. Shall we move on and go to Sunny Guildford? Let's do it. Okay, good stuff. All right then. Okay. Okay. And the first place. So again, boys and girls, can you see the 20, 20 EA Insights platform, Brian? Yes. So first off, we are looking at the amount of stock that each agent has on the market. And you can quite clearly see here that when it comes to stock, there is one agent that sticks out like a sore thumb, and that's Seymour's. Their average market share has been, for the last uh, two years and a quarter, has been 19.06%. And it's been bumbling along quite nicely, although it seems to have drifted off slightly in the last few months. Do you know Seymour's, Brian? I do very well. Yeah, I know a lot of people that are there and um, the exceptional, exceptionally run a state agency business with some really good quality people in there. Good stuff. Let's look at Bournes. And again, Bournes, their market share since 21 has been growing quite and whoa, look at that. That's that's a nice uplift there, isn't it? Yeah, again, another very good agency. I mean, I think they started life in the Farnham area and did very well in Farnham, still do, um, and have obviously got a good model there, good business model with some good people. These are people that are experts in their local market. Hips. And, if, and if you're not, you're not going to compete with them on a level playing field. You'll have no chance. Hips, they look like they were the, their market share was around late fives, but it seems to have dipped slightly and is now going in a slightly different downward direction to nearer the 4%. Now I can never pronounce this name. Apologise, Ch Churchods. No, 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 no. Kershods. I'll take your word for it. Okay. As in K E R. Think of it, K E R. Kershods. Kershods. There you go, boys and girls. That's what I like. Kershods. Um, their market share is growing quite nicely, isn't it? And a very good agency. Well managed. Well run. Okay. Foxton's outside the M25. Not bad. I launched that in Guildford. <laughs> okay. Gascoigne, 2005. Gascoigne Peas, which are part of the countrywide brand, just dropping slightly. Okay. Knight Frank, well, again, more smaller numbers because, again, they tend to deal in the upper quartile. Obviously, they go up against Savs. Punis, again, shout out if there's anything you want. Yeah, and I mean, these are agents that are in the sort of topper echelons of the market, whereas the rest are in the general market, as well as a bit at the top, but they're in the general market more so. Right then. So again, looking at the number of stock, it shows you what, again, this is great news. If you're out at an appointment, you can say that, you know, in January, there is 835 properties in the GU1 to GU4 postcode. That dropped in tw Jan 22 to 577 and again up to 5763. So you can use that as a stats to prove that you know what you're talking about. Should we move on and look at for the next one? You just shout up, Brian, if there's anything you want to shout up about. Yeah, I mean, Guildford's, Guildford's a good market. It's, you know, multicultural, lot, covers all the price ranges, pretty spectacular looking place. Um, not cheap, but there are, but people tend to move a lot around it. Very well connected for uh, commu uh, commuters. So it's a good area. 
So the previous screen, we looked at the number of properties that, that uh, were on the market at any one time. Now let's look at new instructions. And as you can quite clearly see here on this graph here, the number of new instructions has been slightly growing in, in Q1. Um, again, we're only in the first week in April. So again, it's going to be a slowish, slowish start. Not many houses for set come on the market. Obviously, everyone in Guildford's gone to France or somewhere nice, <laughs> the Brighton coast. Probably, um, Okay, uh, 5,350 houses come on the market with an average price of 646. And again, we can just see how the different estate agents are working in terms of new instructions. Cool, that's all over the place, isn't it? Uh, again, you're going to get that though, aren't you, in terms of estate agents when it comes to new listings. You can actually then compare it to sold of the contracts and you can see what's happening in the market here. And again, Seymour's 21% of the sales, but then you compare that to new instructions 19%. So they're doing slightly better than most. And again, that's the beauty of this platform that you can actually mess about and have a look and see what how you're doing with your competitors. Uh, again, do shout up if there's all oh, this is interesting. Look, okay, let's just move that back. So the average property that's let's just move, let's have a quick look at uh since January the again, boys and girls. Let's make this valuable to the to the boys and girls. So the average property sold in Guildford since the 18th of December, 634. Let's see what people are putting up house, average house on the market for. Six, six, that's quite tight, isn't it? That's quite nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, um, it, it shows that what you're listing at, you know, you're kind of selling at. So you're getting the listing price pretty right. 768 houses on the market versus 441. So you probably got a reasonable chance of selling. But again, those numbers were a lot better last few years. So again, don't beat yourself up and use that in your sales presentation. Let's move on and look at the next report. Now, this is my favorite report in the world. And this looks, and out. any thoughts on this before I go deep dive on my yeah, favorite? Yeah, Coxons need to use Gazil. <laughs> Why do you say that? 41% fall through rate is absolutely shocking. If you take a £636,000 price and, and Foxons are not 1%, so you're talking about a 12 grand fee potentially, they've lost 27 times 12 in a very short period of time. And well, that's 12 months. That's a lot of money that's gone. And in fact, they all have, you know, 26% fall through rate is above the national average. Um, that's quite 406 properties at £600,000. Appreciate some of them would have resold. Um, but even if you half that amount, Third, you know, you're talking about 200 properties at an average fee, worst case of five to six grand. That's a lot of work for free. It certainly is. Although if you look, Foxtons have grown their market share in sales because this, this is, no, this is new instructions. I apologize. Um, Kirkods, Savers have all grown. Uh, hips and gas coins have dropped. Again, hips are doing quite well, weren't they? It's a slight shame on that one. Shall we move on to my favouritest part, which is the exchange or withdrawal rate? Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Now, as you would expect, Brian, you know me, I like my stats, a bit like yourself, because we are a bit stat geekies. Um, I have actually done a, a pie chart, uh, not a pie chart, God, no, wash my mouth out with, with words like that. Okay. So what I've done here is this. So we're just going to just, and again, anyone who, who uses this platform, this is where the magic happens. If you think about it, when, uh, sorry, hold on, hold on. You're going to say, I'm not sharing. <laughs> no, you were sharing, but uh, you know, you need to zoom. Right. Zoom. Right. This is the magic thing is here. 
When a property, forget whether you put the house on the market or not, it will only leave an estate agent for two reasons. One, it either exchanges or two, it withdraws. Do you agree with that statement? Yeah. So therefore, doesn't matter what comes in at the front, it what comes at what what comes out the back, and it either exchanges. So therefore, Seymour's will exchange on the last twelve months using the Insights platform, using the Omni competitive landscape. I hate that word, Omni. It means everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, Sixty-eight point four percent of houses that that have left Seymour's have exchanged. Bourne's seventy-two, Kirkod's seventy-one, Foxon's. 42. Now I put all that into a graph, which makes it look a lot. Sorry, that means that they've exchanged. That's not what they've lost that's gone on to exchange. That's what they've exchanged. That's what they've exchanged on. Yeah. Right, here we go. So you should be able to see that graph. Can you see that graph? Yeah. Okay, we'll just pull it out of it. Hold on. Make it a bit sexier. So so, uh, the, so in, in order of listing numbers. Right, so the one at the top, Seymour's, is the biggest estate agent by listings. Bournes are second, Kirkod's third, and as we go down, Hershod's, yeah, that as well. I can't just say it. it's one of those words. It's like I can't say the word apocalypse. Oh, I just did. <laughs> okay, so if I was if I was hips and I was going up against Foxton's, how would I use that eighty-two versus forty-two figure? I mean, forget going up against Foxons. That should be ahead, front and center of their marketing. The bottom line is, is that for for every hundred houses they put on the market, they'll get the they'll get you moved eighty three percent of the time. What's the average in 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 the town is sixty four out of a hundred. The thing that estate agents need to understand, right, is about the local property experts are called sellers. They're not called estate agents, right? So, first of all, an, a, a seller. You think about the mechanisms for their reasons to instruct, okay? Price. Well, they know the price, and they're probably going to tell you the price, right? Or they're going to have a strong opinion no matter what you think. Yeah, and that opinion will, in most cases, influence the estate agent, okay? So sellers kind of know the price, right? They've done a shopping around online, whatever, before they've got the agent out. Um, and actually, there were some interesting numbers from um, Valpal about it takes about 100 days or so from an online valuation to a physical one. So there's people are, are gauging their doing their research, you know, two to three months in advance. But actually, what they what, what is important to people who are moving house? It's called moving house. <laughs> That's why it's called moving house, not marketing house. Right. So actually, if you are able to show that you can move more people out of 10 than anybody else, that is one of the number one things you should be promoting. Yet Stop promoting the crap that people see. How to decorate your back bedroom for the spring. No one cares. You know, what they care about is if they are thinking of moving, if it's an active market that you're marketing to, what they care about is moving home. And if you do that better than everybody else, that's what you should be front and center on. Yet agents are fabulous at camouflaging the good news that they've got that is relevant to the public. Not about fees, ladies and gentlemen. It's about moving people. That's why and, it's called moving home. And by having independent data that backs this up, this is something you, you and there are other platforms that offer this sort of data, just for Absolutely. the record. Okay. We all make decisions as humans based on two things, right? Logic and emotion. 
you know, logical certainty and emotional certainty. If you get people emotionally attached to something that you're talking about, brilliant. You back it up with logic. You've got certainty on both fronts. Deal done. And remember, boys and girls, 19 out of 20 decisions, you need emotional buy-in first before you hit them with logic. So don't go out there waving this at, uh, at them. You've got to hook them emotionally first, and then you get them over the line with sexy data like this. Because that's what it's all about. Data, the devil, as Brian says, is in the data. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you can be bothered to put the time aside to look at it for your market, you'll find some wonderful things that you can use that are actually relevant to the public. And you need this stuff about decorating your back bedroom for the spring for the non-passive market. Sorry, for the passive market. But you need, when people are moving along that conveyor belt, getting closer to coming to actually wanting to move, then you've got to make your the flow of information and content much more relevant to the people on their timeline. Absolutely bang on, mate. This is an interesting graph. This actually proves if every how every every agent in Guildford put the same house on the market, what would they actually sell it for? Yeah. Okay. So if we're looking at here, if Seymour's put on a six hundred and fifty grand house, they would achieve six six eight for it. Born six five nine. Say the word. I can't say it. Kirk Kirk six eight seven. Fox and six five nine. So again, if you are an estate agent, if I was Kirkods and I was going up against Bournes, you could if you are charging two percent and they're only charging one percent, you could turn well, you could turn around and say, yeah, you're going to cost me an extra six thousand five hundred pounds, but I'm going to get you an extra seventeen thousand pounds. What period of time is this for? Is this the last year? Twelve months. So again, a lot of this is going to be over the asking price because we were dealing with exchanges in the last year so that's q1 22 to q1 now and if you think about it some of the early exchanges in q1 22 were from sales agreed in 21 when i think it was going crazy these these numbers are going to go the other way it doesn't matter they it's how you compare with your competitors okay if anyone wants to know how this data go on yeah so the gu postcode doesn't like online agents is it no, it doesn't actually. Well, if, if we actually go quick and have a quick look back, we can actually have a quick look that here we go. Online estate agents, 3.1% in the GU1 to GU4 postcode compared to the national average of 5.94. Interesting. Well spotted there, Brian. I knew there was a reason we got you in. <laughs> Your awesomeness. Right then, boys and girls. Okay, right. Cool. Okay, let's move on. Um how long does it take to sell a house? Well, the average length of time it takes to find a buyer in the last 12 months is 55 days um, in the um, in Guildford. Interesting. Range of sale, yeah. So again? That's to arrange a sale, new instruction yeah. to sell. New instruction to sell subject to contract. And then 124 days to get from sell subject to contract to completion. So they're using data here of tracking your property coming on the market, when it goes sale agreed, and then looking at the land registry to when it completed and then working out the number of days. You can quite clearly see, look at the two guys at the bottom, Foxes and Gascoigns, which are corporate state agents, nothing against that, but they are taking, you know, look at this, you know, let's just have a quick look, Foxes, 101 days, Gascoigne Peas, again, let's just have a quick look at their price reductions here, okay, price reductions, hold on, there we go, let's just go back, so Gascoigne Peas, 57%, and Foxton's, well, um, Foxton's 52%. 
So there's your proof, boys and girls. There, a lot of their stock is coming on the market. They're having to reduce it. So therefore, the length of time it takes to sell a property and Foxes and Gascon Peace are great estate agents. We're not just calling them in any way, shape or form. We're just looking at the stats. But if you were Pulis or Kirkods, you could use this data to say, not only will I get your house sold more, more often, but also um, I'll get a decent price if the stats match that, but also I'll get your sold quicker using data. Should we have anything before we move and have a quick look at the old no, market? No, I mean, I think this is a well-documented problem that people don't seem to want to tackle anytime soon. So problems on them. Okay, good stuff. Right then, um, we're just going to have a quick look at lettings. So let me just pull up the lettings now. Give me a second. Here we go. Just fill it, fill it in for about 10 seconds, Brian, whilst we just pull up this. Okay. Okay. Uh, Postcode area, so we're going to do GU. You know, should have pre should have prepared this. I normally prepare it in advance, but just there we go. Okay. I suspect you won't see too much of a difference. I wouldn't have thought you'd tend to never really see much of a difference when you've got dominant players in the market. So open rent or uh, basically a um, like a, an agency that private landlords can go to. Interestingly, they are dominant. We last week we were looking at Oxford and they were nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Okay. Um, they are the biggest the biggest platform in the country now. Um, which actually is has some meaning, you know, agents that are struggling to improve their market share in lettings need to look at the open rent model to see what they can learn from that, because it clearly is obviously attractive if it's dominant in your local area. And this is Townends. I don't know if this is Townends that are part of the Aaron Group. Is it Aaron Group? I always mix those up. Um, no, but they're, they're, part of, they're part of um, Nick Dunning Associates, aren't they? But in, isn't it interesting that there were nowhere to be seen on Resi Sales? They might just do lettings now in Guildford. Yeah, Okay, uh, Foxtons are doing quite well with their sales. Obviously, that's what's keeping them afloat, bless them. Born estate agents, again, I, I mean, we're looking at new instructions, and let's be honest, there's a lot of agents that didn't put their stock on for rent, did they? Because, uh, but again, it's just nice to see. So I think we have to take it with a slight pinch of salt. But as you can quite clearly see, there's quite a few corporate estate agents. In fact, looking in the top five estate agents, three of them are corporates. Well, I mean, one of the obvious things there is that you've got a very dominant Seymour sales business with 19% market share and a 4% of lettings. So, so by the sounds of it, Seymour's could probably, if they, you know, they could probably want to improve their lettings booklets. I mean, again, um, one of the, um, I help client, I help letting agents attract landlords to them. And again, it might be down to their social, you know, estate agents if they see lots of boards, but lettings, I don't know, it's a difficult one. Um, but getting lettings business and new landlords is hard work, but you've got to put the hard work in. But if you're prepared to do that, you can go and remember the value is in the lettings book, not in the stages book. Is that correct? Uh, there's value in both. But if, you, if you're if you thinking of um, the value of your overall business, it's, a lot of it is based on your subscription income, which is lettings management. Good stuff. So again, we won't spend too long on here, but again, it's just nice to see the graphs. And I'll just do the top 10, just so if you're one of these estate agents, you can see how your new instructions are going. But again, that's all, most of that is dependent on whether the tenant actually hands their notice in, because you know, there's not much new properties coming up. There are new properties coming on the market. You can't sift them out from the relets. Um, I think we're the kind of there. Um, yeah. Final yeah. thoughts before we go. It's just, I think it's the message that I've, I've given, I'm pretty sure the last two times I've done this show, and that is, a, it's about timing, right? The market's balanced. We know what you've got to do. We know there's pressure on price when you list, but then once you've got it, think carefully about how you manage that client 
as quickly as you can. They're obviously, depending on their circumstances, if they're not found, don't hammer them for the price because you'll push them away. But you know, if they haven't found, focus on getting them found and then focus on the price. If they have found or it's empty, focus on the price as quickly as possible. But you've got to get the feedback from the market over to the client in a way that they can understand that the reason that to get them moved means an adjustment and make that adjustment worthwhile. Because the moment you do, the pressure is now on you to deliver. The one thing that I've taken away from today, Brian, is that bombshell, that golden bombshell, is that we're there to get people moved. Called moving home, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it seems so simple, but when you when you articulated it the way you did, it's absolutely sublime. So if you're a homeowner, you really need to be asking your estate agent, so every 100 houses do you pull on the market, how many did you actually get moved? And yeah. ask for proof, okay? Because we can all BS some numbers. Brian, thank you for your insight today. Um, Pleasure as always. You are one of my favorite co-presenters, but I, <laughs> I do say that to everyone. I know you will. I'll watch. <laughs> um, I hope these uh, stats are of use to you. Uh, please, if you've got a suggestion on a location, put it in the notes. Uh, do send us any comments and likes. Uh, just sim- not for our own ego, but it's just nice to know that, that, that you guys are getting something from this. It does take three or four hours of mine and my PA's time to to prepare for this and then obviously we've got the hour and brian he goes through the stats and everyone else that does that so it is appreciated if you just send us a little note and just say that you're getting a lot from it if you've got any suggestions on the stats that you want to look at and we have access to it because we are sitting on a huge amount of data then again make that suggestion i think Um, the point is the chris i just said the point is people like you and i and and your other guests and people that you spend your time with all have a collective passion to improve the quality of the industry and that's in everybody's best interests. Now, if people don't bother looking at this, or they do look at this and don't bother looking at the stats, then stop wasting your time. Do something else. Don't yeah. sell crazy. Because at the end of the day, are you a property expert or are you a good salesman? Yeah. And I think now is the time. You know, we got you know, last few years, anyone could be a bloody valuer. You were just like a pizza order taker. Now you've actually got to become estate agents. I think is- if you're an estate agent, ask yourself this question, if nothing else. If you're sat on someone's couch, are you someone worth listening to? Because if what's coming out of your mouth is about drones flying around your gardens and about floor plans and everything else, then you're probably not. But if you're talking about an educated view on the local housing market that is directly relevant to the people that you're meeting because you bothered to find out about their circumstances and you're going to help them move home, then you will be someone worth listening to. And that, I think, is where I'm going to end. On that bum show, we'll say thank you, Brian, for that. Thank you. Say Kirchhoff's one more time for me. Kirchhoff's. Yay, you got it right last time out. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Have a lovely day. I look forward to seeing you back in about a month's time when you're back on the rotor of loveliness. Uh, thank you for watching, and we hope you've got some benefit from this and the other shows which are available in the playlist. Thank you very much.